Well, I want to say good morning, and again, man, what a, what a great way to start our time of worship together today. I want to welcome those of you, of course, who are uh, here with us uh, in the room, and I also want to welcome our online church family as well. Man, we were talking about this um, in our elders gathering earlier this week. Uh, the best I can tell, oftentimes, pretty much every week, we've got 200 uh, 200 plus folks who are tuned in with us uh, online, which is both awesome and very scary and daunting because we feel like we've got an entire other congregation out there uh, and we want to shepherd you and we want to help you and pray for you. And that can be really hard when we don't get to, to see you. And so I just want to say, um, if that's you, if you're a part of that online community, uh, perhaps there are health risks for you still that you don't feel like you can get out. We want to say, man, we love you. Uh, we want to shepherd you. We want to, to pray for you. We want to come alongside you however we can. And so if you would, uh, just email us and let us know that you're out there. Uh, if you've got some prayer requests, send them in. I'm going to put our church email address on the screens, both in here and at home if you're on the live stream. It's info at nlcca.org. And so especially, again, if you're a part of that online congregation and we're just not seeing you on a regular basis, please feel free to reach out. Again, we want to walk alongside you. We want to shepherd you the best way that we know how. We want to pray for you. If you do send those prayer requests in, I promise that our staff, uh, somebody on our leadership team will pray for you uh, during the week. Um, but anyway, so that's that. Uh, we have been in a series in First Thessalonians for about six weeks or so. It's been uh, a great, but we're going to hit pause on that series just for a week uh, because I think we need to spend uh, a day just celebrating, all right? Just celebrating what God has done in the midst of a really difficult season uh, in history. Now, how many of you know that practicing uh, thanksgiving or thankfulness or celebrate, like that is just like a healthy habit in life? And the, and the truth of the matter is, as strange as the last couple of years have been, I think we'd all have to admit, yeah, the last couple of years just been kind of weird, right? I wake up a lot of days and I'm like, man, what year is it? What month? I think I asked my wife uh, last week, like, what, what month is it? I, it just seems like we're in this never-ending weird phase. But, but here's what I'm convinced of more than ever. Even in the strangeness of the last couple of years, I believe Jesus is still alive. He's still sitting at the right hand of the Father, and he's still advancing his kingdom in Asheville and all across the world. I believe God is at work in a time and a season when it may seem like we are restricted by what we can do, by the places we can travel, uh, the mission trips we can take. God is still very much present, and he's still moving his kingdom forward, which is exciting. And so what I want to do uh, right now is just give you, our faith family, just a brief snapshot of what God has been up to over the course of the last year or so um, through you guys, through the faith family here at New Life Community Church. And so we're gonna watch this update video, the celebration video for a few minutes, and then I'm gonna get back up here and just kinda cast a little bit of vision for about 20 minutes or so about where we're heading in the days ahead. So you guys watch this. The last couple years have been a very unique time in history. I think if we could kinda encapsulate the last couple years into one word, it might be the word division. I don't know that we've ever lived in a time that was so polarized in our culture, in our nation, and unfortunately, some of that has even bled into the church. And so we've had division over uh, political stances. We've had division over virus things, mask or no mask, vaccine or no vaccine, booster or no booster. It just seems like people have been at each other's throats. 
And sometimes we can kind of feel like this is a brand new thing, like we're the first generation that's really experienced it. But I'm comforted when I'm reminded that the, the world that Jesus lived in and spoke into and, and taught into and his disciples planted churches into uh, was a world very much like the one that we're in right now. There was a lot of division. And I'm really reminded of a, a passage, one of my favorite ones in Matthew chapter uh, 16, where Jesus ask his disciples this question, and I think it's a really good question for all of us to ask ourselves. Who do people say that I am? And his disciples answered, well, some people, Jesus, say that you're John the Baptist, come back to life, and some people say that you're one of the Old Testament prophets, and Jesus is like, no, 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 no. What, who, but who do you say that I am? And Peter answers, and he says, Jesus, we believe that you're the Christ the son of the living God. And then Jesus says some of the most remarkable words ever recorded in human history. And he says, Jesus says, on this rock, on this message, on this gospel message, I'm gonna build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And so for the last 2000 years, that's what we've seen. We've seen the people of Jesus engaging the world around them, engaging the darkness around them in a very meaningful way. And so that's what we've seen God doing, even in the midst of all this chaos and all this division in the last couple of years. And so I want you to just sit back, relax. This is 2021 in review. A few months ago, we had our first team member class since COVID. We had 33 new team members join our church family. We're getting ready to have another membership class in just a week or so. We're gonna have another 30 new team members. So that's over 60 new team members. And that's a 20% increase in people that are coming alongside us, linking arms and joining our mission at New Life. And we couldn't be more excited about the future. Well, hey, New Life family, Nathan Bird here, Ryan Sisney here. Listen, we just want to say thank you so much for your prayers and your support. Y'all were faithful enough to go out on prayer and financially support us. And now we've got a facility here on almost four acres that this church now owns. And we've been baptizing people every month for, I think, the, what, the past five? At least. Five, yeah. six months. Um, God's adding to our to our numbers, and we're already looking to have to go to two services. And so thank you for living out the New Testament. Thank you for your faithful giving uh, and your prayers because because of you and your prayers and your faithful giving, there's now a, a gospel-centered church in Hendersonville, North Carolina that's trying their best to love God, love others, and make disciples. Your investment, your time, your prayers, has literally allowed us to see new life happen here. It's unbelievable, the transformation. And it's not in people, it's not in seats, it's not even in baptisms. Those are great things, but here's the deal. We have watched people's lives be yeah. transformed and it's unbelievable. Thank you. Thank you for your prayers and thank you for your investment. It matters to the kingdom of God. Transformation Village is a transitional housing community for women and children. We have women that are here for various reasons, some that are fleeing domestic violence, some that are just out of prison, 
and others who are in active drug and alcohol recovery. At Transformation Village, we have grown from being able to support 50 individuals to now being able to support 100 individuals. We are transitional housing, so we are facilitating individuals who have fallen on hard times, either through homelessness or if they've just come out of prison, we are their transition uh, back into society. Uh, we do have case managers, we have peer support, and we have volunteers who teach classes to help them. At Transformation Village, we are very appreciative of the consistent support that we have received from New Life Community Church. From our move back in the spring, to meal service once a month, monthly birthday parties, child enrichment assistance, and more. Thank you so much for all that you do. Why do I like serving? Because um, I feel God's called me to serve and uh, to bring joy to other people. Um, and I do that, I'm serving God. I'm not serving the people. I'm, uh, through serving the people, I'm serving God. And that gives me um, joy serving Him. Uh, he's made me to, to do this. MAPS has expanded in many different ways as far as the number of clients that we have seen. There have been a lot more young women, families approaching us because of, I think, some of the uh, issues of the day. Uh, we've seen more and also because word has gotten out that uh, of the services that we do. So I think the word for MAPS for 2021 is probably expansion, which is um, something very exciting and it brings us into 2022 and how we're excited about doing even more. My name is Caleb Rancho. I'm the volunteer administrator for Asheville Buncombe Community Christian Ministries. And in 2021, we saw a lot of changes in our community and in our ministry. Now we have the opportunity to take this facility that was once empty and now fulfill another need in our community with Costello House. The Costello House has uh, opened up in 2021 as a cold purple shelter. And a cold purple shelter simply means when it's 32 degrees or below, um, we open up our doors and people can come in seeking shelter from the cold. The biggest thing that we're proud of with the Costello House is that there wasn't anywhere for single men to seek shelter on those cold nights. So as our volunteers come in and they help uh, check in over here and they greet people and they talk to them about where their needs are for that evening, when they're ready to go, then they're coming out here to go to the room. But we also have volunteers that help them carry their stuff in there, and help talk with them and find out more things about them and build relationships with these people. So ABCCM as a whole is oftentimes trying to find ways to stop people from falling through the gaps. And right now, homeless men in Asheville, North Carolina, and freezing temperatures, this is a, a gap. Because without our church members, without our volunteers at our other churches, we couldn't accomplish as much as we can do now. Hi, I'm Demetria, the Executive Director of Life 107. Life 107 is a local nonprofit working to eliminate trafficking and exploitation and empower survivors to an abundant life. Last year, in 2021, we were able to educate more than 800 community members and school staff on the detriments of porn use, the, um, the signs of trafficking, and what sexual exploitation looks like. We also began our street outreach initiative to give vulnerable people a platform for stability. And lastly, our most exciting point is that we were able to come alongside survivors of trafficking through mentorship. Thank you, New Life, for giving us the opportunity to come alongside survivors and affect and protect the youth of Western North Carolina. We don't do this without you. 
I work with Youth of the Mission here in Asheville and we focus on ministering to the travelers, to those who have been trafficked, and we raise up young people to be trained into missions. I also minister alongside with Life 107, and over the years, we as YWAM and the Reishma Project have had lots of connections with this ministry. And I love that Life 107 really focuses on walking alongside these ladies' journeys, hand in hand with commitment and consistency. Thank you so much, New Life, for being a part of what the Reishma Project and YWAM is doing here in Asheville and around the world. Lifelines uses both the indoors and the outdoors to offer intentional hands-on experiences to bring gospel truth to life. And so we pair learning activities with spiritual truths and principles, and it really creates like a window into somebody's soul that really opens the door to have spiritual conversations. So you may have somebody that would never step foot in a Bible study, but they would come on a hike or a camping trip or a climbing trip or things that we do in the indoors too for people that don't like nature so much. But it really creates a hands-on experience where they get to actually experience the gospel. So one thing that really excites me about Lifelines is just seeing the way that it has impacted me personally and impacted our team, both in our relationships with each other and our walk with the Lord. And so we're really excited to share this way of learning and experiencing the Lord with others. Hello, Coastway friends, family, and financial partners. First of all, I want to say thank you. Thank you for partnering with us relationally, spiritually, and financially to move the mission forward through Coastway Church in Myrtle Beach. You know, vision comes from God, but it usually moves at the pace of surrender, the pace of His people, the pace of generosity. And thanks to your generosity, we are seeing the vision that God has given us to multiply the gospel through the Grand Strand and to the entire world become a reality. We are sending greetings from Young Life Brno. It's me again, Petra and Barcha. And we would like to say and share with you how God was blessing us last year. We started a new White Life ministry for younger kids and God gave us amazing club room for them in the part of Brno, uh, Lesna and the second club room uh, for older kids and also the storage. So we are uh, really blessed that we have so many uh, good places to, to meet. And after the summer, uh, three new volunteer leaders joined our team, which is also a huge blessing uh, because now we have more people to, you know, build the ministry with, uh, be here to build relationships with the kids. We have uh, students, that are a little bit older, um, who are Christians now, and we are also starting this junior program for them to invest in this uh, particular group more. Thank you for your prayers and that you are in this uh, with us. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye. Hey, New Life, it's Will Kendall. I'm here with Daniel Fine and John Barrier. Uh, just got back from a mission trip to the Tampa area with CWE, construction for worldwide evangelism we built a church for the haitians down there and incredibly impactful i got invited to go on this mission trip with will and uh, i have had loss this year and uh, some health issues and uh, was able to make it work and be able to go and uh, i went there to help out and towards the end of the trip i just got so much more out of it than i was expecting and it 
really has altered, changed my life. Um, I encourage anyone, everyone to go, no matter what age. Uh, um, it's just super impactful, and you don't expect to be changed from something like this. And it really just changed my life. Greetings to you from Antalya Evangelical Church in Turkey. We had 600 new people came, non-believers, and they are Muslim background people that we share the gospel message with them. And also we gave them the New Testament as a gift. Finally, we are getting closer to our uh, third vision, which is we will start a new church location in the west of Antalya. And we are very excited as a church about it. And thank you so much for your prayer and for your support. God bless you. Hello, this is Rafika Bukhalil, the director of Arab World Media and Ministry of Pioneers. Without the partnership we have with New Life Community Church, we cannot do this. You are very, very strategic partner with us making the gospel accessible to a lot of muslims in the arab world today i came to say a big thank you to every member in the church you know it is so important to us uh, as a missionary couple that we know that this supporting and sending church new life community church is behind us in every way yes. uh, and we need that. We need that kind of support. This whole congregation really has enveloped us uh, in the 20 years plus that we've been here. And so we feel very, very loved and safe and secure and healthy here. And thank you, uh, Rodney yes. and New Life Community Church for that. Yes, thank you so much. One of our seven big dreams is to engage an unreached people group. And through our partners last year in North Africa, We've seen 260 people from Muslim backgrounds come to faith in Christ through their media outreach. They've trained 27 new uh, Arab missionaries who started 33 new house churches in 2021. We're just blown away by God's work all across the world. Another one of our seven big dreams was to invest $1.5 million into missions, church planting, poverty alleviation, and anti-trafficking initiatives. And thanks to your generosity, after only three years together, we've already invested over $1 million into those efforts, and we are well on our way to accomplishing that big dream. New Life Church family, thank you so much for being the hands and feet of Jesus over the course of this last year. This is why we exist, to help people find and follow Jesus. Let's make 2022 the best year yet. Isn't God good? Isn't that amazing? <clears throat> and just so you know, that was a fraction of what we had. We just had to kind of narrow it down to 15 minutes. There's a lot more content, stories that we weren't able to fit into the celebration video. So we're going to kind of chop those up and hopefully uh, just kind of disseminate those throughout the rest of the year. You'll see them on Sunday morning. You'll see them in our e-newsletter, The Loop. If you follow us on Facebook or Instagram, there'll be some of those stories there throughout the year as well. But man, super excited for what God is doing. I think one of the things over the years, even predating my time here, that's really helped us 
as a church family is, is some measure of clarity when it comes to our mission and our vision. Right? And so if you've been around New Life anytime at all, you probably already know what our mission statement is. I'm going to put it on the screens for you right now. Why don't you help me say it? Say it with me. Our mission statement here is helping people find and follow Jesus. That's it, right? That's the filter through which everything must pass if we're going to do it here at New Life, right? And so if you're new here, just know we don't, we don't do like events for the sake of doing them. Uh, we don't run programs here just for the, the sake of running programs. We don't do those things just because it's like a, like a humanly tradition or denominational tradition. We only do things if it helps us accomplish our mission in helping people find and follow Jesus. Vision is incredibly important. In fact, the Bible says that without it, without vision, the people will perish, right? But here's what I've also uh, found to be true over the years— Vision leaks. Did you know that? Vision leaks. Mission drift is a real thing in churches. That's why you can find churches all across the world that were at one time a dynamic community of faith that were engaging their city. They were impacting their world. But you can walk in there this morning and they are as dead as a doornail, right? They're, they're dying. There's no power there. There's no conviction there. There's no mission there. There's no clarity there. That happens a lot in churches, but it doesn't just happen in churches. That can also happen in our individual lives, can't it? Think about for, for those of us who are a little bit older now, like think about uh, when you were a teenager, early 20s, and you kind of had a vision for what uh, your marriage was going to be, or you had a vision for what uh, your parenting was going to be like, right? I can remember those days. You're like, man, when I get married, I'm going to be so intentional. We're going to have date night every week. Gonna, we're going to disciple our kids. We're going to read the Bible to them every night. Like our kids are going to have the, the Bible memorized. It's going to be this incredible thing. And then what happens? Life gets busy, doesn't it, right? We we're get home, we're ex both exhausted from work. We're tired from just running all over God's green earth, going from soccer practice to band practice, to music recital, to jiu-jitsu practice, like all this stuff, right? We're just, we're exhausted. Life gets hard. The mission in our lives begins to drift. Our vision begins to fade. And that's one of my biggest challenges as a, as a husband at home, as a father at home. That's one of my biggest challenges here as one of your pastors here is to keep that vision and that mission in front of you. Right? Hey, guys, this is, this is who we are. This is, this is where we're going. And here's the why behind why we do what we do. Now, I do my, my best to try to like drip that mission and vision into pretty much every sermon series that we do. But I think there are times in which we just need to hit pause on all of that and just explicitly and clearly for an entire Sunday morning service, just address that. Now, here's a really cool thing. For those of us who are followers of Jesus, for the, the church, the bride of Jesus, we don't have to get real creative with this. Right? Like we don't have to come up with new mission statements or vision statements or get creative with like new slogans every year. In fact, I would say if you're a part of a church that's coming out with a new mission and vision every single week, that should be kind of a red flag, or year, that should be a kind of a red flag for you. Why? Because Jesus has already given us his mission and his vision. And so if you have a Bible this morning, either on your app or maybe in your lap, go ahead and go there. Matthew chapter 16, that's where we're going to be for the next 20 minutes or so. That's the passage that we just referenced in the video. Now, here, here's the background before we get into what Jesus says in Matthew chapter 16. Jesus has been traveling around. He's been healing tons of people. 
Uh, he's been feeding hungry people by taking just a, like a handful of loaves and fish and doing all these miracles. And it was all this amazing thing. These crowds started following Jesus. And the religious leaders of that day, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, you would think they would be really excited, right? Like they've been waiting on the Messiah. They've wanted to see the kingdom of God come to fruition on earth. Finally, Jesus shows up and all this is happening, but they're not excited. And they're not happy about it. In fact, they're, they're angry and they're jealous. And so the narrative tells us they actually go to Jesus and, and they, they ask him for a sign. Even though they've seen all the miracles that Jesus has just done, they're like, Jesus, give us a sign. Prove to us that you are who you say you are, right? Give, it, give us a miracle on command. Dance for us, Jesus. Be a genie in a bottle for us, Jesus. And Jesus, not surprisingly, not only doesn't do what they ask, he actually rebukes them. And I think that's a, probably a somewhat helpful lesson even for us today. Listen, Jesus is not a genie in a bottle. He's also not your cosmic personal butler or mine. Jesus is the king of the universe. He is the creator of all that is. And so listen, guys, when we reduce our walk with Jesus down to just, hey, listen, when I need something, Jesus, you better show up. Jesus, when I, when I have a problem, you better come and fix it if you want the privilege of me being your disciple. And so let, let me just say, listen, if that, if that is some of your experience in, in terms of how you interpret the Christian walk, let me just tell you, I, in my opinion, from studying the scriptures, that is a fraudulent version of the faith. It's not really following Jesus. If you think about it, that kind of faith is really just all about us. It's self-worship, isn't it? It's all about me. Jesus, when I need something, you show up and you serve me. So listen, let me, let me just encourage you, faith family, as we press into 2022, let's not fall into the same trap as the Pharisees and the Sadducees did 2,000 years ago. Listen, guys, Jesus does not exist to serve us. We exist to exalt him. And the beautiful thing, one of the beautiful paradoxes about following Jesus is as we live to glorify him and exalt him, we in that process find the meaning and the purpose and the fulfillment that our hearts long for. Jesus, in that same passage, he begins to really contrast the dead religion of the Pharisees, like these really religious people of the day, with the power of something new that he's going to start called the church. He's getting ready to establish the church for the very first time. And he says to his disciples, in order to contrast the, the, the religiosity of the Pharisees with this brand new movement called the church, he says, hey guys, listen, I want you to beware of the leaven of the Pharisees. In other words, this, this false teaching, this religious doctrine, I want you to be careful that you don't even allow a little bit of leaven into your hearts because it can spread and expand and infect the whole thing. In other words, disciples, I want you to beware that your hearts not be captured by empty religion. Jesus was saying, listen, I didn't come to bring dead religion. I came to launch a brand new movement that's gonna be marked by life and vitality and adventure and purpose and risk. Now, how many of you know that, man, there are tons of churches today that have been corrupted by dead religion? And so I think step one, if you're here, if you're watching online, you're a follower of Jesus, you're a disciple of Jesus, I think step one of Jesus' vision for your life, if you're a note taker, write this down, this will be on the screens for you. Believer, choose kingdom life over religious ritual. And those are not the same thing. Kingdom life versus religious ritual. And here's the danger for all of us, especially those of us who have been following Jesus for a number of years, have been in the church for a number of years. 
we're not careful, the vision can begin to fade. The mission in our hearts can begin to drift. What was once alive in us, if we don't nurture it, if we don't fan those flames, can become stale and begin to fade, begin to rot in our lives. Some of the saddest people in churches today are people who were once on fire for the Lord and for his kingdom. But over the years, over the decades, they've allowed their their passion really to begin to fade away. They've lost their focus on the vision. They've lost their focus on the, the why behind the what. And they begin to look more and more like a Pharisee, more so than a disciple of Jesus. Listen, church family, I don't want that to be us. I don't want that to be us. And so we, we need to go back to Jesus' mission, Jesus' vision for the church, and we need to adopt that in our own life. So go to Matthew chapter 16. I hope you're there by now. We're going to start in verse 13. This is Matthew, one of his disciples, who records this interaction for us. This will be on the screens for you if you don't have a Bible. Matthew writes this. Now, when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say the Son of Man is? That's, that was his reference to himself. He, if you read the New Testament, he oftentimes refers to himself as the, the Son of Man. And they said, some say John the Baptist, that's who you are, Jesus. Or some say Elijah, others Jeremiah, one of the Old Testament prophets. And he said to them, yeah, but who, who do you say that I am? Simon Peter replied, if you read the New Testament, Simon Peter, he's, he's like the mouthpiece for the disciples, right? He's the guy who's always sticking his foot in his mouth. When somebody needs to preach a sermon, he's typically the guy that gets up and preaches a sermon like on Pentecost, a Sunday. And so that's just who Peter is. And so Jesus asks a question. Peter responds on behalf of all the disciples who are there. And he says, you are the Christ, Jesus. You are, you are the son of the living God. Peter's like, I know, I know who you are. You're the Messiah. You're the chosen one. Verse 17, and Jesus answered him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. So I just want to point out quickly three things. And then we'll be done. One, I don't think it's a coincidence at all that Jesus took his disciples to Caesarea Philippi to launch his vision for the church. Caesarea Philippi, if you're not familiar, was the home of the pagan god Pan, the god of fertility. And so you can just sort of imagine the practices and the rituals that would have surrounded the worship of this false god. This city or this district was one of the most sinful kind of debased, immoral cities in the entire ancient world. I heard a pastor in another city in North Carolina, North, another city in North Carolina recently say that Caesarea Philippi was to the ancient world what Asheville is to North Carolina, right? If that hits a little too close to home, then we can just say it's like Las Vegas or something like that, right? Basically, it was a city that celebrated sin, right? It was, it was not a city that tried to cover up their sin. It's not a city that try, try, was like kind of ashamed of it, kind of did it in the darkness. They were, they were proud of their sin. They openly celebrated their sin. Now, let me ask you a question. Why didn't Jesus launch this revolutionary movement called the church somewhere holy? 
Like, why, why didn't he just go into the local synagogue and be like, hey, guys, I got a new thing I'm going to launch. I want to tell you all about. Why didn't he go into one of the apostles' homes and be like, hey, Peter, clear out your house, man. We're going to have this new launch party for this thing called the church. Why didn't he at least do it in Jerusalem, the holy city? Why did he choose Caesarea Philippi to launch this whole thing? I don't think it's a coincidence. Here's why I think Jesus took him to this place. And this is the first point. It'll be on the screens for you. The church is designed by Jesus to take ground in hard and dark places. Listen, y'all, I, I don't think it was ever supposed to be easy. I think a lot of us have it kind of, kind of twisted in our minds. And so listen, especially if you're over the age of 40, especially over the, the age of 50, we, we can spend the rest of our days lamenting the good old days. Man, I, I just ah, wish we could go back to the 80s and the 90s when... We were a Christian nation, and everybody said they were a Christian, and all of our politicians acted like Christians. There was at least a veneer of Christianity. We can either spend the rest of our lives lamenting the good old days, or we can be what Jesus has called us to be in the present, which is light in the darkness. Now, I believe with all of my heart that this, this community of faith, this faith family right here, New Life Community Church, was specifically crafted by God with your unique passions and spiritual gifts and my unique passions and spiritual gifts to, to penetrate the darkness in our neighborhoods right here in the 828, in your schools and your workplaces and in this city in such a way that we point people to Jesus. I just want to say, church family, if you really believe that, then you've got to do something about it. Now, here's, here's my definition for uh, what vision is. I shamelessly stole this from another pastor and adapted it, made it better. This is what vision is. Vision, vision is a picture of the future. This is good. Vision is a picture of the future that produces action in the present. That's what vision is. It's a picture of the future, what the future could be, that produces action in our lives in the present. And I just want to say, church, I believe we were created for this moment. Like we were brought together providentially by the hand of God at this moment in time, at this place and space in history to push the kingdom of light forward here in the H2A and around the world. We were created for this. Now the fascinating thing is Matthew chapter 16 is the very first time in the New Testament that the word, in the Greek it's ekklesia, the word for church, is used in the New Testament. It's fascinating. That word in the Greek, ek, lesia, ek means called out. Lesia means gathering. So it literally means a people who are called out of something into something else for a greater purpose. That's who we are. We're a, we're a gathering of people. We're a family of faith called out of the kingdom of darkness into new life and new purpose. That's exciting, right? That's a bigger purpose than any one of us. Now, here's the second thing that we can't miss here. Jesus says to Peter, who, who do you say that I am? Who, who do you guys, who do the disciples say that I am? Peter, Peter nails it for once. He's like, Jesus, we know, man, you are the Christ. We know who you are. You're the son of the living God. And then Jesus responds with these amazing words. He says, Peter, on this rock, I'm gonna build my church. Now there's a lot of debate over the centuries about what this rock is. That Jesus says, I'm gonna build my church on. What is this rock? So our our Catholic friends would say that that rock was, uh, was Peter. So Peter was the first pope, right? He was the first pope, and then there was a succession of popes. And, and for us as, as Protestants, we would lovingly say to our Catholic friends, wrong. 
you're wrong about that, right? That's not, that's not the rock that Jesus was talking about. I think what Jesus was saying is I'm gonna build my church on this rock. Peter, what you just said, the confession of who I am on the gospel itself, the gospel message, that's what I'm gonna build my church on. Or some have even speculated, maybe Jesus was pointing to all the disciples and saying, hey, on this rock, on all y'all, on everybody who would follow me at any point in the future, I'm gonna build my church on you guys, my disciples, my people. Here's the point, this is number two this morning. The church is built on the gospel, but displayed by his people. It's built on the gospel message, but it's displayed by his people. Church family, the power that we carry is the gospel of Jesus. And that's made most visible, not just by the words that we say, but by how we actually live our lives. It's the combination, the gospel of Jesus, the people of Jesus, advancing the church of Jesus into a world that's far from Jesus. And the last thing that Jesus says is something that I think is pretty astonishing. He, he says, the gates of hell shall not prevail against my church. By the way, the only thing that Jesus ever promised that the gates of hell would never prevail against is this right here. The local church, the body of Christ. That is the only thing Jesus promises the gates of hell will never prevail against. And then he says something else that's incredible, mind-blowing. He says, and I will give you, I will give all y'all, those who follow me, the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Now, here's what I take that to mean. Every gate that Satan has set up against us, Jesus has given us the keys to unlock in order to push his mission forward. Now, we could spend weeks, maybe even months, just kind of trying to unpack the implications of what Jesus just said here. But here's what I want you to take home in our short time uh, this morning. This is number three. This is our last truth this morning. It'll be on the screens for you. Believer, we have access to supernatural power and authority through Jesus. We have access to supernatural power and authority Through Jesus, and I'm not talking about some kind of weird thing like we make a spoon levitate off the the table like David Blaine or something like that. I'm talking about moving the mission forward in the darkness in a way that glorifies Jesus. We've been given supernatural power to accomplish that. And I'm convinced, man, there are uncountable numbers of churches out there, thousands, by tens of thousands of Christians out there where that power that Jesus promised us remains untapped and unused. And what a tragedy that is. What a tragedy to have the keys of the kingdom of heaven to unlock the gates that the devil erects against the church and never even care enough to use them. And I think there's a couple reasons why that happens in a lot of churches and among a lot of believers. One, I think it's because a lot of us don't really believe that we have access to that kind of power in the spiritual realm. We just don't believe it. We're like, man, I, I'm too sinful. I've done too much in my life. I'm too, I'm too average. I'm not like a missionary or a pat. I'm just an average Joe. Like, I don't have access to that kind of power. And that's not what Jesus said. So sometimes I, th- I think we don't, we don't have access to it because we, d- we just don't really believe it. Two, oftentimes I don't think we have access to this kind of supernatural power and authority because we never ask for it. Like we, we hear a message like this and we're like, yeah, that sounds kind of cool. We yawn and then we go to Applebee's afterwards and we, never, we just kind of forget about it. We, we, we never tap into it, right? Doesn't, doesn't the Bible say that we, we have not because we ask not? 
So church family, let me, let me just say, as we begin to kind of wrap, wrap it up this morning, what, what if, just dream with me for a minute. Remember that picture of, of what vision is, painting a picture of the future that produces action in the present. So just dream with me for a minute. What if, and we have on average maybe right around 500 people that come here in person each and every Sunday. We've got another 200 plus that are with us online every single Sunday. So just imagine if 700 people in a city like Asheville, 750, 800 people in a city like Asheville really begin to beg God to show up in their lives. Really begin to just offer themselves freely to God and say, God, today is the day that you have made. I'm going to school today. I'm going to work today. I'm having dinner with my neighbor. I'm doing whatever it is, God. Would you give me gospel opportunities today? Would you give me the ability to intersect with somebody who's hurting today? Somebody who needs prayer, somebody who needs an invitation to church, somebody who needs an invitation to my house for dinner. What if 700, just 800 people in this entire city of 200,000 people or whatever it is now would just cry out to God faithfully, God, give me gospel opportunities. I wanna be a part of expanding your kingdom in this darkness in my workplace, in my school, in my neighborhood, in the coffee shop that I go to every single day, in the restaurant that I go to every single month? What if 700 people, 800 people in the city really begin to use their spiritual gifts to build up the body of Christ here in the church and expand the kingdom outside the church? What would that look like? What could that look like three years from now, a year from now even? For starters, man, I think we'd be seeing stories like we just saw with Shari every single week. I think we'd be seeing lots of baptisms. I think we'd be seeing lots more life transformation. I think we'd be seeing more marriages that are broken, made whole again. Relationships that are broken, made whole, fixed. Purpose being found in people that are hopeless. Guys, if you believe the word of Jesus, and I do, we have access to the keys of the kingdom through Jesus. Maybe, maybe it's time we started to use them to unlock our purpose and to expand the kingdom of Jesus here on earth like he's designed for us to do. So we're gonna close with this as the band comes. Here's, here's the ask this morning, okay? So Sundays like today, you know there's gonna be an ask. I'm not gonna pass around an offering bucket or anything like that. But when you leave, our ushers are gonna have these vision cards available for you as you exit out of either one of these doors. I'm gonna ask you to take one of these home. On these vision cards, there are seven Bible verses, one for each day of this coming week. And I want you to challenge you to read those in your quiet time, meditate on those verses, pray them back to God, consider, ask him, God, what would you have me do in 2022? I don't know what that means. I don't know what that's gonna look like. I'm just gonna go ahead, God. I don't even know what you're gonna ask me to do. I'm gonna go ahead and give you my yes before you even tell me what it is. That's how committed I am to whatever you want me to do. If you want me to serve with a local mission partner, if you want me to get on an airplane and go work in the Czech Republic this year, if you want me to serve in the nursery and change diapers, if you want, whatever you want me to do, God, whatever you're asking me to do, I'm just gonna go ahead and give you my yes. Would you pray, if you're a part of our faith family, would you pray and just ask God that question? What part do you want me to play in advancing this unstoppable mission in the world called the local church? What do you want me to do, God? Now, as you pray through that, I'm trusting that the Holy Spirit is gonna reveal certain things to you. 
Maybe some of you, man, you already know. You're like, man, I've, I've had a heart for kids for a long time, and I, I love elementary age kids, but I just, I've always felt too busy. And this week, the Holy Spirit is just going to confirm, man, it's time for me to volunteer with our kids' ministry. For others of you, you're like, man, I, I've, had, I've had a passion for middle school students, high school students, but I just, man, I'm so busy, and man, my career's taken off, and I've got all these kids. I don't know what to do. This week, the Holy Spirit's just going to confirm it's time. You need to start investing in the lives of young people. For others of you, maybe it's homeless ministry or working with some of our anti-sex trafficking partners or whatever it is. God is going to just begin to confirm those things in your heart. And when that happens, I'm, I'm trusting that it will. There's a little QR code on this vision card that you can just snap. It'll take you to our landing page and you can reach out and inquire about ministries within the church and ministries outside the church. One of our pastors will be in contact with you to talk about next steps. Now, many of you are already doing that. I just want to say thank you. So many of you are using your talents and passions and spiritual gifts in the body or with our partners, and you're expanding the kingdom of Jesus, and that's awesome. Thank you. But here's the deal, guys. If we're going to be the church that God is calling us to be, I believe it's going to take all of us. Not 30% of us, not 40% of us, not 60% of us, not 90%. It's going to take all of us that call this place our church home to engage and pray that prayer. God, what do you want me to do? Here's my yes. You put it on the map. You, you do whatever it is that you want to do. Now, if you're like, man, I'm Chris, I'm over 50. I don't even know what a QR code is. Um, the, the website is newlifeofashville.com slash vision. That will be on the screens for you as well. You can take a picture of that or just write it down on a piece of paper, take it home, uh, and you can also get to our landing page that way. But listen, guys, here, here's the bottom line. The vision from Jesus is clear. Right? It's not debatable what the vision is. What the, he's given us extreme clarity. The gates of hell will not prevail against his church taking his mission forward into our city and around the world if we will be faithful with our part. And so the only question that remains is, what is your part to play in this grand redemptive story of history? But I promise you, if you love Jesus, if you call him your savior, you have a part to play and it's critical, it's indispensable. So would you pray with us this week and that God would use us in the ways that he wants to use us as we launch into 2022. Let's pray and then we're gonna sing. Heavenly Father, we come to you. We are grateful for the clarity of your word. We're, we're grateful that you're, you're not ambiguous about the important things, purpose and vision and mission. God, you've, you've laid all of that out for us in such a, a beautiful way and a clear way. God, I, I pray that we would orient our lives around your calling for us, that we would structure everything else around this great calling our jobs and our social lives and our kids' sports activities and vacation, whatever it is in our life, our hobbies, that we had orient everything else in our lives around this great gospel mission that you've given us to take your good news, this good news that there is a God who loves people. And he proved it by sending Jesus to live a perfect life, to die a brutal death, to rise again on the third day, to give us abundant life now and in eternity. This is great news, God. Would you help us 
Would you give us the passion to push that forward in our city, in our workplaces, in our schools, in our neighborhoods, at the parks where we play, at the the baristas that serve our coffee, in the restaurants that we go to, God? Would you give us a passion to engage people with gospel centrality and purpose in our lives? Help us not to shrink back just because we live in a hard place, in a dark place spiritually, God. Help us not get discouraged like, oh man, I wish things were like they were back back in the old days when everybody had a veneer of Christianity, God. And it seems like more and more our culture is just drifting away from you and drifting away from your ways. God, help us not get discouraged. Remind us, we were created for that. We were designed for the hard places and the dark spaces in this world. God, would you remind us above all else that you've given us the keys to the kingdom. Like we have real spiritual power and authority to press forward your mission in the world. God, help us not to just shrink back from that, not to ignore that, not to yawn and just walk away from it. Help us to take hold of that, maybe in a brand new and fresh way in 2022. For our good, for the good of those in this city, and ultimately for your glory, Jesus. We ask it in your name. Amen. Church, let's stand and let's worship.